0: What is up, fight fans? Welcome back to the Comments from the Peanut Gallery podcast. We're here with a special guest today. We have James Dunn. James, how you doing, my man?
1: Good, Jordan. Thank you for having me. Thank you for
0: your time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time as well to hop on. I know that, uh, I know that you got a busy schedule going on right now. You're in preparation for a fight coming up here in just a few days. That's going to be that's combat night down in Duval. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about the details and what you have going on?
1: Well, right now I'm, I'm about four, four days away from the fight. So I'm in the process of weight cut. So, just running through everything, working on timing this week, uh, obviously working on my weight, getting that down to 136, 135 pounds. So everything is in order. Uh, I feel good. i um, looking forward to the event Saturday night in Duval and uh, looking to fo- put on the show.
0: Certainly, certainly there. Now, where can people follow you on social media so they can keep tabs on everything going on fight week all the way through fight night?
1: You can follow me on Instagram, James underscore Dunn 89. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok at JD MMA 89 or 1989. So pretty much go look, follow for all the action, upcoming fights, content that I put out. Um, Be good time.
0: Awesome. Now, you've had a little bit of a switch up as far as your opponent goes. How has that played a a role into your preparation, especially with it being for uh, with a strap on the line? Obviously, you know, this is a there's there's some heightened sense of urgency as far as this fight goes, right? I mean, there's always going to be a sense of urgency because there's someone that's going yeah, in there and trying yeah, to, sure. you know, trying to take um, your head off. But you know, when it when there's a title on the line, like there's there's a little bit of prestigiousness to the belt, right? For it means sure.
1: something. I, I I I totally agree. Yeah, this fight is is way more personal, um, just because it kind of marks the ten year mark of me practicing martial arts, competing, really honing in on this craft and making it a career, not just a hobby, not just something I do after a nine to five. Um, you know, this is years of dedication and years of hard work that I've put in to get me to this opportunity. So it it does have that much more weight and, uh, meaning if you will, but there, there really isn't a pressure that I feel, which is good because it's like going into a fight fight week, feeling like I have nothing to lose which I really don't um you know it's just going out there and doing my job and having fun which I'm looking forward to Saturday night and I I really encourage everyone to tune in and and watch the watch the show
0: and again just so in case people have missed out on that part where can people watch the fight where it was the streaming situation what's all that look like
1: so if you go to my Instagram, James underscore done 89, I actually have my link tree on my profile and they could follow all the links for upcoming fights. Uh, the pay-per-view it's, there's a link on there to purchase tickets. If you live in Jacksonville or the Duval area, you know, come out and see the show live. I really encourage that because in a live MMA event is totally different than watching it on TV and you know, so, follow the links. James underscore done eighty nine Instagram. Definitely go check it out.
0: Definitely there. Now you're fighting out of Chicago top team. Having to make that trip down to Jacksonville, what is uh, what does fight week look look like for you when it's not at home? you know, when you're having to travel to fight, what's that process look like for you? Especially having to go through weight cut.
1: It's, it's a little bit more inconvenient. Obviously you can you can imagine just because I don't have the comfortabilities and, and all the things set up like I do at home. So I have to take a little bit more time, but honestly, I'm, I'm comfortable fighting on the road. I'm comfortable fighting in enemy territory. If you look at my record, that's kind of what I've done. Most of my career is I, I've only fought at home maybe one or two times you know and that that's been not in the Chicago area but just outside Indiana Michigan um so it's it's not like home but you know it's definitely different but I'm comfortable and uh fight week how, how that looks is like I said earlier just relaxing focusing on my weight focusing on just my nutrition honing things in tightening things up uh and just timing everything, you know, just like going in to practice. It's not hard sparring. I'm not trying to redline the body. I'm just, you know, working on timing, working on movement, working on those drills every single day, especially during, you know, fight week, because that's when I can kind of relax and just hit the pads, work with my coach when I'm one, work on game plan, tactics, strategy, that much more instead of just getting in reps, getting in reps, getting in reps, and and getting the heart rate up like you would in a normal practice when you don't have a fight lined up or something
0: of that nature. Certainly. Now, you're a vet. As you mentioned, you got considerable experience with fighting on the road. And sometimes with fighting on the road, there's definitely some variables that are tough to account for, or that you don't always have the, uh, the, the foresight looking into it, you know, ahead of time, especially with things like, like cut and weight. Have you ever had a, a crazy situation to where, you know, like, like for example, one time we, uh, we were out on the road and there was, there was no sauna around and there was no, you know, like gym and fitness center. So we basically had to, uh, we had to create a situation where we Jamaican hot box, the, the bathroom with the shower running on hot water the entire time because there, there wasn't even a full tub to sit in. So it was, yeah, it was just, it was I've middle of nowhere situation, to, uh, but yeah.
1: I've definitely had to improvise and uh, figure out a way, you know, the, I like the old Albaline or sweet sweat trick. You rub that all over your body, maybe put some sweaters on hoodie, sweatsuit, sauna suit, if you have it, you know, and, and, and just, A light run, 1.5 to three miles and maybe 10, 15 minutes on the bike. And then, you know, take that suit off, see what you weigh, clean yourself up, go hop in the hot tub if the hotel has it. Um, Anytime I'm fighting on the road, man, I look at gyms in the area. I look at uh, IV places in the area. I, I, I try to look for infrared saunas uh red light therapy so like up and coming fighters if you're listening to this like if if you're going to fight out of town maybe talk to your coach see if he has any contacts in that area that you have a gym that you could go get in training with some new guys different looks or just get in your reps on pads with your coach but that gives you a facility look at gyms in the area do they have a sauna do they have a hot tub do they have a heavy bag can i get in work on the bag cardio or bike and, and cut the rest of this weight. You know, like I try to stay 10 to 12 pounds over, um, leading into fight week. And that's when I really start to scale things back and, and hone in on everything. But, you know, it's just like, I get a feel for the area and who I'm fighting, what I'm, what I'm doing, because like anything in life, uh, when you understand it more, when you understand your opponent, when you know them, it's, it's that much easier to get the job done,
0: you know? Certainly, certainly. Now in the process of you cutting things out, I mean, you know, there's, there's things that, you don't always get to enjoy especially while you're cutting weight and getting down into fight week even as simple as just having some salt on your food for that matter but is there any particular you know food meal snack anything along those lines that is just something that always hits you in the cravings while you're cutting weight and it's like man this is on my must eat list those first couple of days after the fight pizza Pizza? I'm from okay. Chicago.
1: How can I not say pizza? Um, but outside of that, I mean, I love steak. I love Brussels sprouts, asparagus. So it's like even even the things I I love eating they they tend to be healthy, which makes my job as a fighter and staying in shape that much easier, you know. And and that's just from years of discipline and dedication. My mind and body just got to a point to where it's like the quinoa the vegetables, the fruit, the smoothies, the protein, all this stuff, it, it hasn't been like, oh, I got to eat this, I have to drink this, I have to do this for performance sake or to, to get these gains. you know, it's just like, no, there's like a systematic, I, I should do this every day, I should do this every day, I should do this, so I just try to try to keep it simple and stick to that and and have it be my regular routine and, and regimen, you know what I mean?
0: Certainly. Well, I mean, which definitely makes sense being that as a, you know, as a professional fighter, as a professional athlete, your living is made based off of your body's ability to perform. So I, it always blows my mind when, you know, whether it's I, I mean I've lived in houses full of fighters where you have you you see people's lifestyle habits like down to the very little minute detail. And you see where some guys like, okay, man, well, like I can understand why, like, yeah, you're going and you're doing all of the workouts, but I understand why you're gassing at certain points because versus someone who might not be, because you're feeling yourself terribly. You know, you're you're eating ramen noodles and fast food and so on and so forth whereas this person's putting clean fuel back into their system and they're able just to have you know x amount more output when it's in the deep waters if you will
1: yep yeah because championship fights are like every everyone's tough once you get to the pro level like there's a lot of good The game has evolved so much in the last 10 to 15 years that like the amateurs of today were almost like yesterday's pros and the pros of today, man, it's just like, it's kind of crazy to see how the game has evolved, but it's exciting at the same time. But yeah, the the nutrition, rest, recovery, even how someone just like does their therapy, like foam rolling or, or cold therapy, like that could... That could separate you from the pack, you know? It's just like you you look at um, the guy is from Dagestan and how there's nothing out there and it makes them focus on their craft of wrestling that much more. Or you look at Team Khabib. Like that guy, he probably doesn't drink alcohol. He probably doesn't use any sort of recreational drugs. So it's just like when you look at that and you look at this specimen, like... It's damn near perfect and he has a perfect record so it's just like right. you know
0: oh yeah no i mean i think you hit the nail on the head right there with that and it's uh it's something that uh my my buddy josh Fenner and i we have our show out here on mile high sports network in denver area the, the MMA plug but we also you know we've talked about that before how that dagestani crew and just some of those fight, and we we have a few muslim fighters here in our gym and just the, their level of discipline and how devout they are to what they decided to put their mind to. Is is really like it's so admirable and it's so respectable. Even the you know, especially when they go through Ramadan and a lot of them are still you know, they're they're not training, going through sparring necessarily because they're not having the hydration to be able to you know absorb damage yeah. if they did get popped. Unless you know, every now and then you know, some of them like uh, last year, one of our guys he he had a UFC fight. So of course you know, if you have that type of paycheck and opportunity available, you have to do what you have to do. But for the most yeah. part, you know, just seeing all of them, you know, they'll they'll train together they they go run together they'll pray together it's just a, a very consistent vibe all across the board they don't yeah. drink just like you said they they don't partake in any sort of recreationals all it it's all about their family it's all about their religion you know god and giving focused, back. man
1: i have a i have a couple muslim brothers that train at chicago fight team and they're they're they do pad work with me they're pretty much like my fighters, you know, and and I had one guy recently um fight during Ramadan, fasted, nothing. And he went out there and he showed out and held his own, you know, and it, it, and things like that are very honorable and admirable, but it it speaks measures to to the guys around them and I think that's that's the reason why they have that sort of special brotherhood when you look at the Muslim culture and uh Anyone, even like it, religion, doesn't even matter. Let's not even take that into consideration. Just MMA in general, or wrestlers. You know, it's just like people who are in the military. When you're around guys all the time, and you're you're trading blood, sweat, tears, and wins and losses and trials and successes and all this other stuff, like it it makes you closer um, if you allow it. Now, some people do shy away and and push people away and all that but they they kind of in my opinion block their blessings or block potential growth you know we can learn as human beings we can learn from everybody even animals even plants we can learn from anything um if we allow ourselves to but it takes an open mind and an open heart
0: absolutely absolutely i mean it, it's all about perspective and it's all about the mindset that you want to you know want to take to anything i mean there's we're we're all going to be dealt adversity. It doesn't matter what the situation is or or you know what walk of life you come from in some capacity we all face adversity, right? So it's a matter of do we let that adversity be something that consumes us or do we let the adversity be something that serves as the fuel to our fire to get to a greater means, you know, to persevere through that storm and get to the greener pastures on the other side if you will. But I want to circle back to something that you said earlier about the evolution of the game and about how it's just happening so quickly. And I I do 100% agree with you. I, I do a lot of commentary for local level shows, whether it be Muay Thai to kickboxing, straight boxing, MMA, all that out here in the front range and in the Denver area. And the growth and evolution of some of these young kids that we have on our cards is, it's just, it's unbelievable. The 18 and 19 year olds that we're seeing coming in on the MMA scene, or even I just, I I did some tie fights this last weekend where we've had, uh, we've had 12 year olds, we've had 16 year olds. There's some of the most technical fighters on the entire card. Whenever we have these young kids on there, there's a couple of kids out of Tim Means' gym from uh, from Albuquerque that's fought on our cards, and they're they're 20 years old, but you see how well rounded of fighters that they already are, and it just it blows my mind that someone at 20 years old has the skill set that they do. And now we, I I got to call some of their first fights as amateurs. They're both now uh, one of them for sure is pro. He's uh, he's 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 either 2-0, 3-0 in the CFFC, signed to CFFC, but, you know, just just seeing these young kids, and it's it's unbelievable that what we're seeing from the growth from them as kind of this generation who grew up in MMA, if you will, you know, these kids who are 20, UFC started in, you know, 1993, Ultimate Fighter boom started in 2005, so these 18, 19-year-olds they are kind of that boom from that tough era, you know, if their parents or their dad was into it. So they've grown up training, you know, whether it was wrestling, jujitsu, kickboxing, gold gloves, doing whatever from the time when they were pretty much able to, you know, start crawling around and being on the mat because they might be that kid who, you know, their their dad was a fighter and they were around in the gym like, okay, well, I'm trying to chase that dream that, you know, that dad had something to that effect. But then even trickling down further from that, seeing some of the kids that we have in the gym, and I mean, I'm sure you see it in the gym too with, uh, with the kids' classes, how good some of the young kids are, you know, like the 12 and under group is, and seeing just how yeah. – fluid they are with their movement and just understanding just the understanding of body positioning the understanding of spacing just the the fluidity of jiu-jitsu and seeing how good some of these young kids are i can't even imagine what the growth and development is for some of the dedicated young kids who started now in this era by the time that they're you know 18 19
1: 20 yeah it's amazing to see they have a lot of potential and uh Because the the game has evolved and is now like on the shoulders of all those men and women that went before and and, and set the pace and laid the foundation, whether it was people in the UFC or MMA mainstream or even, you know, look at Hicks and Gracie and the effect of bringing jujitsu to more and more people and the black belts that he's produced and then other black belts that have come out of other academies and schools and it's just like everywhere in the world it's it's kind of flourishing and and blossoming so it's it's beautiful to see and you know to be a part of it and to have that sort of uh kind of like responsibility because I am a veteran of the sport I do jujitsu I am a practitioner so it's kind of like my job to show The benefits that come from this and how this is a positive influence, especially on kids, you know, building characteristics like a hard work ethic, perseverance, honesty, so on and so forth. You know, it's just like, it's great for kids. And that's, and I didn't even mention the self-confidence that you get from it,
0: you know, so Certainly, and I think personally, you know, it be if if kids do martial arts, and especially if if you, they go through and you know, I mean, wrestling's a little bit more rough, so I get it. That's a little bit of a different breed. But even if kids just did fundamental basic jujitsu, just uh, I mean, even a few weeks worth, I feel like you would see the amount of bullying significantly reduced. Because it is a it, it oh, is agree. an extremely yeah. humbling experience, and you also you know I feel like you get a lot of and and I mean with with you being being a bantamweight and not being the largest human in the world and I don't say that with any disrespect or anything with not not intent right. but you know i mean like in, in scale of people who might come walking through the doors and i mean i see it all the time i i walk around at you know between 165 to 170 but i've been you know training for a few years and i don't look very physically imposing but on the mat like you know i have a i have a few years worth of technique you know you, and you know how that goes you know you have sometimes you have these big muscle bound guys who have you know former football players or just that that speech body physique if you will you know the, those super show me muscles and they come in and they, yep. they want to they want they they think that they're they think no. that they have a lot more yeah, ability than they the do <laughs> exactly they think that they have a lot more capability than they do and then even you know with some of our what you know with some of our our women or our teenagers for that matter that are technically skilled they go out there and they get submitted you know however many, you know, a dozen times in a five minute round. And it's just one of the most humbling experiences to them. Cause like, wow, like I thought I was tough or, yeah. you know, like, I mean, even when I first started training, I wrestled I when I was young. What? Yeah, exactly.
1: I, I, love see, I love seeing the bodybuilders and all like the typical meat heads, right. The, or the, like the strong jock, they come in, but put them on pads gassing out after 15 30 seconds soaking wind. you know same with grappling and wrestling you you I could take a 16 year old 13 year old blue belt and put them up against this adult and just because my blue belt has timing has technique has patience
0: boom yep absolutely absolutely and you know just even the I feel like things that can translate to life, you know, you're, you learn a lot about yourself when you're the nail, you know, anybody, anybody can be the hammer anybody can go out there and have a good day and feel great when everything is working, whether that's in martial arts or whether that's in life business, whatever it may be when things are going good, you know if you're a salesman for example, you know it, it, your, your talk track might be on point, the charm this the energy that you bring into a room of you know potential clients or stakeholders, whoever it may be, you just may be on. you may be on fire for that time frame. But then, There might be a certain point where you know the that talk track or that pitch, the energy, whatever starts to starts to wane. And it's just not the same. You don't have the same results that you once did. Or you may need to go out and venture into you know a new market base, whatever, where they don't already have that familiarity of who you are, your charm, whatever it may be. What are you gonna do when things aren't working for you? I feel like that's something that martial arts and specifically jujitsu helps teach you you know when when you're stuck and you're pinned in a position and the first two three things that you did didn't work to get you out of trouble but are you able to persevere through that storm and you know uh, eventually find your way out are you able to remain calm under fire And, and this was, I I learned this from John Donaher, listened to some of the Donaher stories or or, uh, Donaher diaries. It might be, I can't remember the name of the, the book series or like the story series that he had, but he talked about how a big portion of why he believes guys like Gary Tonin and Gordon Ryan are so successful is because they base so much of their training time off of defense counters and escapes. And he said, especially when he first had them through the early stages of their career, that's almost all they worked for, you know, six, six months, six to eight months was just almost exclusively defense counters and escapes. And it was solely to essentially shock their mind. And he says, Gary still does it to this day to where he'll start rounds off with someone they may be in a full body triangle rear naked choke completely locked up and locked in and he has to figure out how to get his way out right there from the i mean you're, you're dry if it's a beginning of this or or nonetheless you're fresh at the start of a round with a fully locked yeah. in choke or submission and He says that it's not that he he gets out of it 100% of the time. He will get submitted, but he humbles himself to that experience. He humbles himself to the learning, as you mentioned earlier, that he's willing to go through the adversity or he's willing to take on those learning experiences to achieve the ultimate growth at the end of the day. Because he says, you know what, if someone in training right now can get me or if I can't get out of it right now, there's a chance that, you know, I go to ADCC, so on and so forth, and somebody could catch me there. there. Yeah. So I, I just I that I kind of took that to heart and I thought, OK, well, especially training where I do a factory with a lot of guys who are just so much better than I am. I mean, some of the world class guys that are lighting up the ranks in the UFC and, you know, to, to have to be the nail so often like, OK, how can I remain calm under pressure? How can I remain calm underneath this adversity, especially against a lot of guys who are more athletic, who are bigger, stronger, faster, more experienced, so on and so forth? And to where now, after a couple of years, I don't have that same sort of like just oh, you know, like that that white knuckle aspect. You know what I mean? That that like completely just deer in the headlights, just being panicked all the time. Now, pretty much, I'm I'm comfortable going with anybody who walks in the gym. Not that I want to go with it. Everybody who does, you know, those, those big 300 pound uh, heavyweights don't want to, don't want to deal with that injury risk, but do I have the skill set that would, I would at least be practical enough to defend myself? Yes. But yeah, it's, it's just like you said, you know, it, it was a humbling experience though, because coming from a background of, of playing football and wrestling growing up, like I thought like, okay, like I, I'm okay. Like, you know, I'd be able to handle myself if, if I ever needed to. And then going and training and getting submitted, you know, however many hundred times through the first year of training, it just unlocks so many different levels of growth mentally. I'm sure you experienced some, something of the same, you know, 10 years ago when you started training.
1: It happens almost on a weekly basis. I see something new, learn something new. I'm reminded of something that I've learned in the past or it has a new spin, new variation on it. Oh, this here RNC, this Camaro, this Americana. Like, there's just refining the game because there's only so many techniques in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. There's we only have two arms, two legs. Okay, so we only have two fists, two knees, two elbows. Like, there's only so many boxing, kickboxing techniques, combos. You know, so it's just like when you when you look at the system of it and then you look at the deeper parts of the game like man you're never going to perfect the craft like you're never going to master jujitsu you're never going to master muay thai but you can become so proficient that you do things almost perfectly because you're you're doing it efficiently effectively efficient and effective jujitsu in in fighting styles I would, I would rather have those skills than to just like be the strongest man in the world or something of that nature. Like what? No, then it's not like, it's not functional. I have all the strength, but is that strength functional? Can it, can it help me out in this situation or this situation or this situation? Probably not, you know? So absolutely, I love what it's done for me. It's, it's changed my life. It's saved my life. You know, if I didn't have, um, martial arts, jujitsu, MMA, I would, I would probably be a bum, man. I would probably be, uh, POS, you know, it's like just an a-hole, but, uh, it's, it's humbled me so much and taught me so much that it's made me a better person. It's made me a better friend, fighter, business person, coach, mentor, so on and so forth. So I'm, I'm super grateful, super thankful. And, you know, I, I owe it all to, to God because it's just it, everything. Life itself is a blessing. So,
0: definitely. Let's peel the layers back here for a little bit. Who was, or what was kind of your driving force or inspiration to start fighting and training way back in the day when you did?
1: Man, so I, I grew up watching fighting like Jens Pulver, Uriah Faber, w, WEC days, then the early days of the UFC. And it was just a sport back then. It was just something that like, I liked to watch on TV. And I was more focused on playing hockey, playing lacrosse, football, because those were like my three main sports. And uh, then as I got older and, and my hockey career didn't work out, I, I was like, well, what do I want to do? Do I want to join the military? No, not really. Do I want to become a policeman? No, not really. Could I see myself as a fireman? Yeah, I could, but I don't want to do that right now. I was still young, had no kids, still don't have any kids. I wasn't married, still not married, but it's just like I had every opportunity to dedicate myself to going to college, getting a degree or finding a profession and and dedicating my time and, and building it. And I chose the college route, but because of finances, it didn't work out and I had to take some time off. And during that process, I found MMA and Jiu Jitsu. And I knew from the moment I stepped on the mats that I wanted to fight, you know? Cause at that point in my life, I was I was a former athlete uh, and I went to college in pursuit of expanding my, my mind and my heart, like more on a theology and philosophical level because I, I was very athletic growing up and I always played sports, but it, it, as a young man around like 18, 19, I kind of felt like I was missing the more intellect side. So I wanted to go to college and, and pursue certain degrees and, and work on that side of, you know, myself as a human being and improve. And during that whole process, like it came full circle back to where it's like, I didn't achieve this great intellect or think I was a genius, but it was just like, okay, I'm learning from life. I'm learning from other people. I had a couple mentors. I'm learning from my sports. I'm learning from the books and podcasts and articles I read. And now it's like now I have this outlet, MMA, where I can I can kind of harness all this energy and empower and put it both. And that's what I did as a as a young man at at 23. Who was left for dead by their family? I was left on a doorstep, and like my family neglected me, and, and all this stuff. So I didn't have a real good upbringing, but I never let I never let that affect me. I uh I didn't I didn't look to fam- other family members. I didn't look to friends. I didn't look to uh, anyone but God, really, and and looking inward and and asking myself, "Well, where do I want to be in five, ten years?" And not depending on you know, someone in my family or, or someone out in the world, it was more like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna struggle because number one, I don't want to talk to anyone about this stuff. Number two, if you do talk to people 99.9% of the time, they don't care. Right. <laughs> so it's just like, I'm just going to keep quiet. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to let patience have a perfect work and I'm i I'm going to let this affect my life in a positive way and build up resilience and kind of a, a, a toughness and, I didn't ever look at myself as like a victim. Oh, well, my mom left me on a doorstep and my dad worked all the time and neglected me. Uh, I'm a victim. Oh, I grew up in poverty and blah, blah, I know I'm gonna make the best of this shit. I don't care what cards I've been dealt. I'm gonna come out on top. Why? Because God's on my side and I'm powerful and I know who I am and I don't need anyone's recognition or a- a- affection. Like it- it's kind of like when a freshman goes into high school and they're kind of nervous and they go into the lunchroom and it's like you have those other freshmen and sophomores that are going to point the finger pick on them make fun but what if the seniors say hey buddy come over here sit with us in that moment in that moment he he or she that freshman experiences more love and and affection from those those like higher ups right so it's just like I look at life the same way I got God's love I got God's uh, uh, attention like I don't need the words. I don't need someone patting me on the back all the time. I don't need someone holding me accountable. I got him to do it. And uh, I try to live an honorable life as best as I can. And looking out for my fellow man, my reputation speaks for itself. You know, you ask the members at Chicago fight team or at any one of my friends, they'll tell you, I'm the type of dude that will, you know, jump into a fight. <laughs> I will give you the shirt off my back. Even if it's the last 20 in my wall, it's yours. Um, loyalty, love mean so much more to me than popularity and, you know, fame. That's just the byproduct of success. So.
0: Certainly. What a beautiful high note to end on right there. Real quick before we, uh, before we got uh, three minutes left on the recording here, James, is there any sponsors or anybody that you want to throw a shout out to? For
1: sure. Um, so ECB, my guy, Ed, over at ECB, my manager, um, he does so much work for me, setting up podcasts, finding sponsors, setting up fights, working out all the logistics and contract details and all that. So definitely shout out to ECB Sports Management. Thank you, Ed Barnett. Thank Love you, me, Ed. Roberto, Re, Roberto Ramirez over at Chicago Fight Team and the guys there, the girls over there that give me constant work on a day-to-day, weekly basis. I want to give a shout out to my guy Mo on um, Mo Anyawat Law Group. Uh, my guy, uh, there's so many. Uh, Darren from Shidor Realty Group. Uh, Brian Sagamon from Sagamon Watches. Uh, Equip Foods helped me out this camp. Uh, Evo Chocolates helped me out this camp. Um, Mitchell and Richard from Combat Night have done so much leading up to this fight with finding a replacement fights falling through and there's so many people to thank all my brothers and sisters again at CFT, Ed and uh, everyone who's in my corner and and showing support, I, I appreciate it so much and without all of them I wouldn't be able to do what I do, so
0: thank you Absolutely. And you know, you, you have to be able to have that strong supporting cast to be able to support the dreams. So Make sure that if you guys are out there that you give James a follow along. We'll have that social media follow posted right up here on the screen. Make sure that you go give him a follow right there. This is the comments from the peanut gallery podcast. You can give us a follow along online at comments from the peanut gallery on Instagram at peanut podcast on Twitter. If you would love to support the show and the brand, make sure that you download this episode on Spotify, Spotify, make sure that you tune in this week, hit that link tree link in James's Instagram to be able to watch that combat night card. He's going to go out there and get that title this weekend. I'm Jordan Kurtz with comments from the Peanut Gallery, and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for watching. Please hit that like, share, and subscribe button. That helps us continue to produce this original MMA content and bring it for you every single week. Tune in to the MMA plug presented by DenverSportsBetting.com on 98.1 FM, Mile High Sports Radio on Wednesday nights from 6 to 7 p.m. or live stream at DenverSportsBetting.com/slash radio.